Hello and welcome back to Misfits in the Church, a show designed to help individuals who struggle with belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Jerry Cook and I hope that you're having a wonderful day and that it's only going to get better. Today we're going to be taking a look at Sister Camille Johnson's April 2023 talk entitled Jesus Christ is Relief. And I love, I love this talk for a lot of different reasons. One is any talk that really centers on Jesus Christ, speak to me. We know Jesus Christ to be the great deliverer. He rescues his people. He restores things. He prospers us. He enables us and he strengthens us. These are some of the types of miracles that I think are incredibly important for us to recognize in our lives. A lot of times we say the words that God blessed me with a blessing of some, of some sort. He blessed me with something good. And I think it'd be much better if we use the kind of terminology that we used in the Book of Mormon. Where has God delivered us? Where has he rescued us? When has he strengthened us? And to look at it, just as the Book of Mormon did, to look at it as miracles and not simply as blessings. And I think that we would appreciate those even more. So let's go ahead and take about two and a half minutes to listen to a clip from Sister Camille Johnson from the April 2023 General Conference Address, again titled, Jesus Christ is Relief. I testify that Jesus Christ is relief. Through the atonement of Jesus Christ, we may be relieved of the burden and consequences of sin and be suckered in our infirmities. Our beloved prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, invited us to overcome the world and find rest. He defined true rest as relief and peace. President Nelson said, quote, because the Savior, through his infinite atonement, redeemed each of us from weakness, mistakes, and sin, and because he experienced every pain, worry, and burden you have ever had, then as you truly repent and seek his help, you can rise above this present precarious world." Close quote. That is the relief Jesus Christ offers us. Jesus Christ can lighten our load. Jesus Christ can lift our burdens. Jesus Christ provides a way for us to be relieved of the weight of sin. Jesus Christ is our relief. President Nelson has taught, quote, Jesus Christ stands with open arms, hoping and willing to heal, forgive, cleanse, strengthen, purify, and sanctify us, close quote. So why do we insist on carrying our rocks alone? For me, it is the age-old vice of pride. I've got this, I say. No worries, I'll get it done. It's the great deceiver who wants me to hide from God, to turn away from Him, to go at it alone. Brothers and sisters, I can't go at it alone, and I don't need to, and I won't. What is relief? It is the removal or lightening of something painful, troubling, or burdensome, or the strength to endure it. It refers to a person who takes the place of another. It is the legal correction of a wrong. 
The Anglo-French word comes from Old French, the word relever, or to raise up, and from the Latin relevare, or raise again. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is relief. I testify that he did rise again on the third day, and having fulfilled the loving and infinite atonement, stands with open arms, offering to us the opportunity to rise again, be saved, and be exalted and become like him. The relief he offers us is everlasting. I really liked when she was talking about, or at least asking us, why do we hang on to our pain? Why do we hang on to our suffering? Why do we hang on to our grievances? Why, why do we hang on to our trauma? And that's certainly not an easy answer. Uh, maybe it is for some of us, but sometimes it's a little complicated. There's a lot of, lot of things going on there. It might be our pride. It might be because we simply don't know any other way. Have you ever held on to something for such a long period of time, or perhaps when it was super cold outside, that when you wanted to open up your hands, you couldn't? Or at least you couldn't for a, a, a while. I think that's sometimes true when we're hanging on to our pain or onto our suffering, onto our, our grief and our frustrations, that sometimes we have hung on to those things for such a long period of time that we don't know how to open up and to let go. And so I'm, I'm very grateful for this address on the importance of Jesus Christ being able to serve as the relief that we need, whether it's due to our own sins or to other people's mistakes or to any other type of affliction. We know that Jesus Christ provides relief Sometimes we could get a little frustrated, however, because we're wondering when that relief is going to actually show up at our doorstep. I've been doing a lot of research on miracles and how and when God provides miracles. And I came across this um, website from author and speaker Michael Wilcox. I love his books, by the way. And it was found in LDS Living. And I'll go ahead and post the link in the show notes. But this is what he said. He said, I have a feeling that the apostles, if they would have chosen, would have had the Lord come in an earlier watch. I put it to you as I frequently put it to myself. When I toil in rowing against the wind, when the sea arises and I'm frightened and it's dark and the storm keeps blowing and I want help, I want him to come in the first watch. I'm a first watch type of a person. Aren't we all? He asks. But there is also something in me that channels my thinking to the realization that it's good to toil in rowing against the wind, that there's something to be gained by exercising spiritual muscles that are stretched and facing trials and opposition. All right, we can accept that. But if he doesn't come in the first watch, he certainly ought to come in the second watch. However, it appears that we worship a fourth watch God. And it is important for us to realize that we worship a fourth watch God. Sometimes I pray, Lord, I know you're a fourth watch God and that I'm a first watch person. Can we compromise and have you come at the end of the second watch or at the beginning of the third watch? Wouldn't that be fair? But the compromise really comes, and in my better moments, I know it's good that he doesn't. He's a fourth watch God. 
Joseph Smith's experience, for instance, doesn't this sound like a fourth watch response? At the very moment when I was ready to sink in despair and abandon myself to destruction, just at this moment of great alarm, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head. The Lord continues to come at the moment of great alarm when we're ready to sink into despair. When we advance into the second watch and he doesn't come, a certain cold fear often begins to spread through us as the wind's velocity does not diminish. As we move into the third watch, we may be tempted to make some assumptions that are dangerous and foolish to make. God is not listening to me. He doesn't care. Or more dangerous yet, he is not there. At times, the universe can seem so empty, all that dark space filled with cold stars. Are very common to Latter-day Saints, we assume, I'm not worthy. He's not listening. He doesn't care. Because if he were there, and if he were listening, or if I were worthy, he would certainly come. So I appreciate those words from Michael Wilcox, um, author and speaker. And again, I'll put, I'll put those notes in the show notes area. I have learned that God often waits to intervene until the last minute, or the last second, or until all other possible options are gone. I know that he often wants you and me to know that it was him, and only him, who could provide the miracle for you and or a loved one. So I don't know exactly what you're experiencing, and I'm a first watch person like Brother Wilcox talked about. But I've seen time and time again where God has shown up in ways, and many times in ways that I would not expect, in ways that I surely didn't understand or anticipate, sometimes even hope for. But he does show up in a way that is powerful, that is healing, that is helpful and in a way that provides relief. And I promise you that God is still a God of miracles. And if you're struggling right now to believe that, I'm not judging you because there's been many times in my life where I've wondered that as well, and I guess I'd have to judge myself. But I I know it. I was visiting with a stake president recently and he learned a little bit about what I've gone through in, in my life. And I'm not saying I've gone through more or less than other people. But for me, it's been a lot. <laughs> there have been times where I've really struggled with it. And while we were visiting, he said, Brother Cook, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is true. And I paused for a minute and I said, I know, President. I know that it's true. And the reason why I know that it's true is I would not continue participating in a church if I didn't know that it was true. Similarly, and even more so with our Father in Heaven, He is true to us. He is faithful and loyal to us. I don't understand why He's a God of the Fourth Watch. But I know for certain, that he is there. 
And I know that there is significant relief by connecting to the grace and mercy and power of Heavenly Father and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I wish you well. Take care. Thank you.